Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosports. I'm Bradley Wiggins. I'm joined today by Brian Smith, former team manager in the Tour de France. Of course, with Steve Cummins, one famous stadium to Mond, ex-professional cyclist. No, no more introduction needed, Brian. <laughs> Thanks, Bradley. <laughs> uh, today, stage 16 was won by Kamner, and this is how Eurosports Rob Hatch called it. Leonard Kemner, exactly a month since taking his first ever professional victory, is about to beat a Grand Tour winner to a stage win at the Tour de France. Everything he would have been dreaming when he was up there in that under-23 road race at the Worlds three years ago. He wasn't successful then, just like Bora Hansgrohe haven't been successful so far at the Tour. But they have tried, and they have not ceased to try. It's been relentless from the German team and they're going to get success with their German rider. Time to celebrate, finally. Beaten closely the other day. Now it's time for a big smile. And in this particular Tour de France, young guns go for it. Leonard Kamler is the victor. And that was how Rob Hatch called it. Brian, um, incredible win by him. Young lad again. Another youngster on this Tour de France is becoming quite a... Quite a theme now. It was incredible. We we seen what you could do the other day with uh, Danny Martinez. Just came up a little bit short, um, but you know the way he took that on. Carapaz looked invincible. I, I thought with three Ineos in that front group, I thought one of them's going to win. But they decided to to ride for Carapaz instead of you know playing tactical. And the way Carapaz was attacking was absolutely amazing. You know, he even blew the legs of uh, Philippe, but. Kamler decided to ride his own climate, his own tempo, which showed, showed kind of mature head on, on young shoulders. Mm. He went over the top. But I tell you what, Bradley, I was amazed the amount of time Carapaz wasn't hanging around. The amount of time he put into him from the top of that climb to the finish was amazing. Yeah. And um, he's got quite a story, hasn't he, um, Kamner? Um, I think it was a couple of years ago now. He really took some time out of the sport to assess whether he wanted to still be a cyclist or not, didn't he? Um, came back. And he's clearly, I mean, he's won a stage in the Dauphiné this year, stage in the Tour de France. And for a young guy to walk away from the sport, and I think it was about six months, which is obviously the bulk of the season, to really think, you know, we've seen it a lot the last few years. We saw obviously Kittel leave the sport halfway through a season, Peter Kenner. It just shows how tough elite sport is. And it's not a given that these junior world champions, these Espoir world champions, that they will go into the pro ranks and, and in such a how competitive it is now and how hard it is just continue wanting to do it for the rest of their careers. Yeah, it's not easy. I can remember Cameron on, on the 23 Worlds where he, he came up against uh, Kosnifwa who just beat him and he looked amazing and I can remember before that yeah, at my work with Team Dimension Data um, one of our sports directors was Jens Zemka who's now working with Ebora and he said to me the next best thing is uh, Leonard Kamner coming out mm. of Germany bar none. He's going to be the new superstar but as you say, when we when he when he turned pro, I think he had a wee bit of a kind of knee injury, 
Um, that kind of got to him a little bit. He wasn't performing at the level uh, maybe he thought he would be. And it's taken some time. And, and like you say, mental health is, is very, very important. I think we all go through some some mental problems throughout our life. And, you know, for a young man um, to come into our sport, big ambitions, big, um, you know, when, when I get a sports director telling me he's the next best thing, everybody's going to be saying s- something similar to him. And when you're not performing, it's, it's hard, but he's proven them all right now. Yeah, I wonder if that, his talent was the reason that he was accepted back into the sport by a team like Bora. Um, or they were, with his talent in mind, also empathetic to the trials and tribulations now of riders and the level of pressure they're under. And perhaps saw it as a good thing that he'd really decided to come back. Because you also see the other side, that once you leave this sport, it's very difficult, it can be, to get back into the sport. Um, certainly from your generation of riders. Um, but do you think that teams are now more empathetic or do you think it's still as brutal and as cutthroat as certain teams than, than that it ever has been? Do you know what, Brad? Um, to have a team like that uh, to fall back on um, is great. I'm not I'm not saying fall back for, for Kamna, but there was many years in my era where we had no uh, big team in, in Britain, so there was no safety net. So you had to rely on kind of foreign teams mm. taking you on and, and then if they didn't want to keep you, there was, there was no kind of safety net. Well, at least Bora, a, a German team, had, you know, a sports director that totally believed in them, and I think kind of helped them through that period yeah. of, of time. And you need help. You you've got this young talent. If you believe in them, and and that's all you have to do. We get the same back at, uh, in in our country, uh, the UK, with the Dave Rayner Fund, and all these riders when they get funded, someone believes in me. That's mm. all. That's all yeah. I hear from them. I yeah. had the Braveheart Fund before. Just giving them, uh, you know, a thousand pounds or five hundred pounds, someone actually believes in me, and that goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about coaching, weren't we, on the um, breakaway? And I think a lot of the problems with coaches within teams now is there is a tendency to think that the coach works for the team and not the individual, and they report back to the to the to the management and the hierarchy. And that you can feel a little bit that you're having to please the coach because you know that it's being reported back. And I think when you do have an external coach. They're more than a coach for some riders. Mm. They are they are a an ear to you know talking to someone sometimes and being able to tell someone something that you perhaps can't tell the team coach because you're frightened that he might report back and it's seen as a weakness. Do you know that the, the 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 riders of a team can only work with the the team's coaches? That's it. Mm. Whether they've got four coaches, five, six coaches, depending on their budget. You know, it all comes down to budget. So they've got. Um, the uh, the coaches that they can only work for. You cannot work with an, an external coach because of, you know, things that have gone on in the past and things like that. You, you cannot work like that. You know, doctors, everything like that. We've had a, we haven't had a great past in cycling, so they've kind of stamped that out. So you can only work with people within the team. So that that is a that is a major problem sometimes when you bring new riders into that, they might not get along. You know, from, from working with coaches, I have got a, a, an opinion that, just because a person is is, is got coaching credentials, it's a partnership. You mm. have to get on. It's you know it's a relationship. And if you if the coach is telling you to do these things and do these numbers, and you don't really kind of believe in it, you don't really get on with your coach. Yeah. Although you have to work with them, that's it's hard. It's mm. really really hard. Ineos, to be fair to them, they they had a good go today, and they've changed tack quite quite easy. There, they were very prominent early on, 
And it's not something that they're used to doing and playing that attacking role and placing riders in a break in order to win stages. So they had a good go today, didn't they? Those riders committed to that challenge, didn't they? It, it must be a, a breath of fresh air. When, when you're programmed into doing a particular job mm. and then all of a sudden that switch is turned off, like, go out, guys, do what you can. They, they have to reset. It's like, what's my job? What do I need to do? And it's it's sometimes refreshing and... I think all uh, the riders in the first three today, because of their GC contender, yeah, has yeah. gone out. We wouldn't have normally seen them. No. Like, Kamna might have been working for Bokman in the general. You don't often get these opportunities, but they're certainly taking them. And today, with three Ineos in the breakaway, it must have been, you know, really nice to, to, to have three there. But they didn't come up trumps because Kamna was so much better than the rest. What's your prediction for tomorrow, Brian? How do you think the race is going to go? I think it's going to be a brutal stage. The way that they're riding at the moment, it's been tough up until now. We keep on saying that, but the the altitude, you know, the Madeleine, which is about 2,000 metres just over, Mirabel, you know, 2,003. I think if I was to pick a stage for Bernal, this would be the perfect yeah. stage for him. And I still believe that he took it really easy today. Nobody's saying what happened. I've not seen anything official from Aeneas. I don't think anybody knows what, I don't think he even knows what happened um, the other day. But he said the rest day, he took it, Really easy to today, laughing, joking, smiling, even asking for a mojito from Luke Rofer and Timka. So I think he's in good spirits. And if he was to choose a, um, a stage, it would be tomorrow. And I think he could even win from the GC contenders. Do you think um, Podrikar's going to have a tack tomorrow and have a go? I mean, <laughs> I, th I think he'll have a go, but do you think he's got it within him to, to really crack? Put it this way, will he have to go early or, or late? I think he'll be late. I think he's worried about he cracks himself. Yeah, yeah. He's already said that. I think he, he's a wee bit worried and it'll be a late attack. Uh, he'll wait as late as possible. But what do you think Alan Piper will be telling him? Do you think they're going to push the envelope out to try and win this Tour de France? Well, I'll tell you what, Bradley, if he takes the yellow jersey now, mm. how can they control it? Because yeah. they don't have the team to be able to control it. Right, so if I was Alan Piper, I would say try and get seconds back. If he can get to within 20 seconds or even closer... Yeah. Because into that final time trial, as Slovenian champion, anything's up for grabs. I know there's um, 30 kilometres before the final climb, and that really suits Roglic because in the, the national time trial, it is predominantly uphill. But anything can happen in a time trial at the end of a, a three-week tour, yeah. and I think they have to get as close to uh, Roglic as possible and hope that they get something in that time trial. Yeah. And I think he has to isolate Roglic from his teammates before he's able to start that's chipping going to be away. Hard. And I think that's, that's be been proven to be very Because you look, at, you look at Seb Kuss mm. is really stepping up now. Remember in the Pyrenees, yeah. Yeah. after the crosswinds, it kind of blew his legs a little mm. bit. But Seb Kuss is there. Grand Colombia, he was there. So I think he, he will be there to help, which is very hard for uh, Pogacar to get rid of him. Well, brilliant. I'll be back in the commentary box tomorrow as well. Um, and uh, I loved it. I really did. Bit hot in there though. <laughs> That's it. We got a full podcast tomorrow. Graham's back. So thank you to everyone who has listened. We had some big viewing figures, just or listening figures, downloads, whatever you want to call it these days. So I'm very, very appreciative. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. And uh, thank you again to Pete, podcast Pete. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. And we'll see you then. Goodbye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.